and welcome to the 1L2N podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by other people who also have M's in their name. Missy. My name starts with an M. Mike. Tommy. Tommy. And unfortunately, no Liam this time, but he also does have an M in his name. We are a family of M's, and we're going through the creative story writing process, and we're bringing you along for the ride. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? Okay, well, I just want to bring up this. Usually, whenever you're doing an intro like that, it's because we're about to talk about that very exact subject. So, do you have a lot of M-related subjects today? The only time I have literally ever done that was on our time travel one. I don't believe you. I'm I don't know. Roll the back. tape. Editor, roll, show us all the time it. she didn't do that. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> or a clip of all the time she did do that if Tommy is wrong. You know what? You guys you listening go. out there, prove me right and Tommy wrong. Make that clip for me. Thank you. Amy says wow. M stands for make me. <laughs> it also stands for murder. Oh, I'm glad I live in Maryland. We move on. You can't get to me. I mean, that's I can still get to you. You're not in like an ultra security lock prison. I'll walk if I have to. You're just many, just many miles me. away. Okay. <laughs> How's everyone's weeks going? <laughs> this is gonna well, be a terrible one. It's a month end for me in the oh, world of accounting, so <laughs> oh, pretty stressful. Yes, I'm an accountant. I deal with money. <laughs> oh no, this is going to be the entire podcast for Izzy. She's going to find yep. many M words. Oh, that is no. all it's going to be. <laughs> Just to uh, circle back to the last podcast we did where we <laughs> talked about time travel for the no. next two hours. I no. was still continuing that conversation. She was. She's like, what about this? <laughs> oh, this movie also. Oh, and this. Like, Have you guys seen this movie? Let me tell you the whole plot to it. Oh, also, there's this movie. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this you had woman. more time travel movies in your brain than I was. Yeah, I left and went to work and came back and Missy was like, oh, this one's a good time travel book to read. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. I like movies with time mechanics. No. <laughs> There's more. Uh, guys, I think that the podcast is going to get canceled. That, 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 but we can't that, do this that, without that. Liam. Let's... Yeah, Liam's really the glue that holds us all together. And as his Mother, no. I approve. No! <laughs> cool. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so tired that I'm like being stupid right now. So you know, Are you I'm always tired. tired. Uh, <sighs> Mikey's a meanie. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's it's a heat wave. In case yes. anybody Ooh. didn't know by sweating. We went to a lake yesterday and paddled around. I got a little sunburn and it was kind of fun. Wait, paddle? What kind of paddling? We have inflatable sit-on-top kayaks. So oh, okay. Uh, we were going to sell oh. them and then I saw the box. I was like, we should do that. It's hot. Water, good. And then we <laughs> ate, Aaron and I ate a mini watermelon, like a personal watermelon. We shared it between us. And I have mm, not mini stopped melon? peeing. And it has been terrible. I'm going to keep talking so that we pretend like that never happened. And she's the editor. <laughs> she will make it happen. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I regret. Uh, I regret it everything. So is what you should have said. Make being it, it so, my sister. Being your, make it so. Your Star Trek fan. 
I officially got into grad school yesterday. So congratulations. No, this is not a G show. You know, can I just say nations? I just thought it was an interesting fact that we all had M's in our names. And I was like, I'm going to bring this up instead of like, oh, fun side topic. I'll bring it up in the intro. I wasn't trying to create the chaos that it is. Mike, congratulations on getting I am school. like super Yay. happy for you. It's yeah, so exciting. That's pretty dope. It's, it's be, exciting. But uh, will you be yeah. the first person in our family to get a master's degree? Well, our, one of our cousins is going to get a master's degree before me. Oh, she's getting her master's in business uh, administration MBA. I forgot about that. I forgot. And who knows? I probably won't even get it. You know, we'll just go mm. to school and waste to two years of my life. <laughs> Education's never a waste, even if you don't get a degree. And I want to make this very clear to everyone out there. Even if you don't finish school, just go and, and take a class because they can't ever take what you have learned away from you. Mm-hmm. You can yep. only enrich your life. Yeah. I was going to say, to speak on this, more for you, Mike, like even even if you eventually don't go work with your wonderful, beautiful trees, like all the English classes you've taken, especially writing ones, you said have helped you tremendously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of education in general because I never used to be a fan of education that was structured. I always liked learning on my own pace, and I found that structured education actually introduces you to opportunities and in learning that you would have never had before. And so I, I'm actually a big proponent of it now. The funny thing is grad school is going to be a little bit less structured. It's kind Mm. of I do my own research and I take certain classes. So it's a lot more on me to figure out what I need to to learn specifically, which is, you know, it's interesting. I'm actually really excited because I've I've started reading up for those who, who don't know. I'm doing early stage silviculture and containerized seedling growth for forest nurseries. I'm researching mainly containerized seedlings and different types of containers, and I'm trying to figure out their uh, watering and nutrient regimes for specific plants here, or trees more more aptly. So I've already started reading some stuff for it, and the more I read, the more I actually get kind of excited for it. So yeah, I'll probably always have a tree nursery, even when we are composing for the rest of our lives. And that's our main jobs. And we have one out to win. And it's, I got its own little moon base and everything. So it'll be great. <laughs> I'll have a tree moon base. I'm going to bring trees to the moon. I mean, that'd be pretty So cool. if you could do anything realistically, not like on the moon, because that's fantasy wise, but anything realistically, once you have your master's regarding your your field of study what is it that you would want to do with it ideally i want to focus on reforestation efforts and i want to grow the trees to make sure that they're going to be suited for the environment that they are going to be planted in so containerized seedling nurseries usually have giant blocks of trees and then you take them and grow them and take them out of their containers bring them to an outplanting site and reforest or you know you can do it for both commercial operations like something that has already been logged or afforestation which is something that used to be forested and no longer is like an old farm or a parking lot or something mm-hmm. so you're you're reintroducing Returning trees to it, nature so. yeah 
or changing a landscape entirely where it never had trees and you're adding trees to it to do something like combating deforestation. So ideally what I would like to do is have a nursery and a whole bunch of different tree species that I can grow them and then somebody can hire us to go out and plant all those trees in specific conditions or we can consult with them and say, hey, you want to change this up? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. You know, mm-hmm. so pretty fun to to grow them and see when you're you're in a nursery environment and it's i'll relate this to writing it's really fun to see something start off with you're not sure what it's going to become i mean obviously you know what type of tree it's going to become but as it starts developing and kind of exploding in height and foliage you get really proud you go oh man i can't believe that i helped do that now it's all going crazy it's going by itself and uh that's kind of the thing with writing i like i like I like starting writing uh, with a basic idea of knowing what it's going to be and just seeing where it's going to travel to. So I like that growing stage. I like that growing stage with story writing, but talking it through people, having each of us kind of take a different part of its growth and make it bigger and better. Just because I find that I don't know how to grow a story on my own a lot of times. I know how to grow, you know, baby stories. But to get them into big trees, that's why being a part of this group is really nice because you each have something different to bring to the table to help those stories kind of grow on their own, which is is really cool to see and interact with. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think having that sort of support group where you're not sure where your writing or creative project is going to go to and be like, help, somebody help, it can add a whole twist. (laughs) And, you know, we'll talk about this when we do our, our challenge, our next one, but I asked Tommy for help with a song that I wrote and his ideas just kind of pushed it to the next level and had me figure out a little bit different ending and stuff. So I'm really, really excited for presenting that because I want to talk about how Tommy's small changes led to a big effect. And I think that, you know, with with story writing, it could be the same way. Plus, you have people to point out your flaws. Yeah, I was going to say just like us being a, a, a duo composer group like it, it mm, i mean we've we've touched on this so many other times but it's just perfect because we we strengthened each other's weaknesses and being able to call someone out and be like nope don't like that and you're like okay i trust you is wonderful for the story writing process getting as many like trusted hands on a on a creative product in order it, in order for it to grow into a beautiful product is is always wonderful I don't know. I like constructive criticism and I and I love working together on something with someone because of that exact reason. They're always going to think of something I never even thought of to think of. Trust in the people that you know. Yeah. I've never personally, uh, I mean, I, first of all, Tommy, I, I want to say that we're a, a duo, not a duo, because there's two of us instead of a duo of us. So just the do of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, when, um, I could bring it back to the M's. No. Okay. No bueno. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I, I've never worked with anybody as a, a well, okay, uh, take that back. I've been in bands when I was like in high school. And that is an interesting thing because back then I was so much less willing to compose with somebody. I had to be in control of it. And it was a very terrible experience looking back on it. I was such an asshole to my friends because I knew what was perfect, even though I was like a terrible musician back then. And 
I think I've, I'm so much better nowadays because I can listen to other people. But I've never really composed with anybody outside of Tommy. I've never taken that step to create songs. Well, I guess you know, composing with Amy to do our uh, Beauty of Winter song. Which will coming this winter put out. Yeah, we did it as a, a, a real quick side. Okay, we we created a song yeah. for our parents as a Christmas gift, and by we I mean it was Amy. Pretty much, she was like, "Hey, here's a song I want to do." She had lyrics, and Tommy's like, "Oh, cool! I will go ahead and uh, make some music for it." And then Amy figured out a melody, and they kind of recorded a rough draft of that. And then I helped you know, compose it with Tommy and, and get some cool ideas sort of worked out. Mm-hmm. It was a really great project to work on. So we're going to remaster that as an actual 1L2N product and uh, put it out there because uh, there is some there is some stuff, but we got to obviously do, you know, a little bit more work on it instead of just a family presentation. We want it to be nice for everybody so they can have the beauty of winter in their hearts. Well, I mean, I feel like we should also say the album title just so that we're forced to do other songs in the album. I think we I think we should hold off on that, but hold off. Yeah. Yeah, because I think okay, we, we're gonna tease. There's an album coming. Yes, mm-hmm. there there is an album <laughs> with a very <laughs> monetary <laughs> theme. <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about? We want to make an album called Easily Commercifiable, and it is just songs about like Fourth of July and Thanksgiving and like St. Patrick's Day and Valentine's Day and stuff like that, I, where it's oh, an entire okay. album where somebody could like listen to a song based upon some holiday or event or birthday song or anything like that. You know oh what I mean? Oh my gosh, I love this idea. I, so bad, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yep. I was telling Tommy I wanted to make a country song, but instead of like a guy singing about his truck and his dog and his girlfriend or whatever, it's the truck singing. About how he's like, <laughs> stop having other. I just want to drive in the the field. Like, stop having other people in me. Like, or something like that. I don't know. I remember when it just was the two of us. But yeah. Now. Yeah. But now, exactly. you bring this woman so... in. You bring this dog in. Yeah. I just wish so they funny. would die. <laughs> something like that. I would love to do a bunch of different songs where it's from a different perspective, like the liberal cowboy who's like, oh my god. I pay my taxes because I'm a prideful American. You know, <laughs> just you're going, wait, what? <laughs> like, like oh, this is not what I like. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not what I think about country, but yeah, okay. You know, it'd <laughs> uh, be fun. That would be yeah. fun. Animals are my pets, not my food. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Uh, vegetarian, liberal cowboy, zoo, petting that- zoo. <laughs> that's. I mean, I know we can't yeah. say this, but that next album is easily reversifiable. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess we got to keep it all in. We got to spoil the album and everything because that's just too good. Now we have two albums. Yeah. That's great. I do remember you guys talking about something to do with this. I just never caught the whole theme. We so. should have a bunch of songs that will get us canceled and then call it <laughs> Not Very Deniable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Liam can have a whole section in that album, and we'll just leave it there to your imagination. Yo, 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 yo. Now I want to take all of his yos, send them in a file to you guys, so you can make a song out of it. We can, we can totally, we can totally do something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, yo, yo, he's yo, never yo, gonna yo, listen to this. I can leave that one in. 
<laughs> he what? Yo, yo, yo. Merry yo, 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 yo. I know that's not Christmas. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, gosh. Okay, back to the podcast. I'm so sorry to derail you. No, totally fine. It's great. Great derailing. This is the podcast is aptly named Creativity and Chaos. Chaos and Creativity. It's Creativity and Chaos. We determine. Because if you say Chaos and Creativity, Creativity is like a mouthful after Chaos. I don't know why. Creativity. But creativity and chaos, and chaos. Chaos, chaos and creativity—it yeah. shoots you out there. I mean, I think just that <laughs> name alone for the podcast, we can talk about how it took a family to figure it out. Because you know, when we started, we're like, "Oh yeah, the podcast name should be you know one L two N. That's our company. company. Yeah, it makes sense." And then we're like, "Oh yeah, no nobody knows, knows. What the company is." Yeah, yeah. I I think that's been on all of our minds recently is how to market because I don't think any of us really know how to market. I've been very, 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 very slowly learning it over the small business that I work at because I want to continue to learn like all aspects of business so I can apply it to this business, of course. And marketing is just one of those things that it's just like, oh, no one's going to click on 1L2N. Like, that's just a bunch of numbers and letters together. That's that's stupid. And even though we think it's a good name, because it is a good name. It's an inside joke. You have to understand it, like you said, inside joke. So. Yeah, I think as much rebranding, we have to do a lot of rebranding. We have to make it's we again, we talked about this as well with how we composed the very beginning of the cursing tree. It was the idea of getting people once they've clicked to stay on, get them interested, the hook. Yeah. So it's like the legal kind. Yeah, one of the, the things that we would, at least I would personally love to do, and I'm sure everybody else down this podcast feels the same way, is that if we built up a following, we could take other artists with us. Yeah. You know? Oh, um, yeah. That That's is it. Because we understand that building uh, is the hardest aspect. And obviously, sticking with it is the number one thing that will get you closer to that final step that you're looking for. If you give up right away, who cares if, if you've made something? Well, no, that's not true. If you made something and you enjoy it, that's fine. But if if you're trying to go for it as a business or as a, you know, an income generating source where you can spend your life doing this kind of creative stuff, then the the building of it's the hardest. But if we can ever build something like this up, then I would love to feature stories by their people and their music and their their works. And that would be like yeah. the greatest thing in my life is to raise up other artists. And Liam and I were talking earlier today about how I only have him for two more years and then he'll be going off to, you know, bigger and better thing. He was saying, you know, that was why he was concerned about like being one of the main people in this group, right? He wanted to be a guest on the podcast and not like one of the members, which was forward thinking and insightful of him. But I told him because we were talking about how he's on the website. He's like, but I'm just a guest. And I'm like, but by the time you go, Hopefully we will have built it enough that we can have other guests on and yeah. it won't be, you know, we can feature other people in that guest section. You're just like the head guest or the most common or the <laughs> best or, you know, whatever, pick a title. Yeah. Headmaster guest. That is a tough thing thinking about it too, is when you get so used to a single group of people and then that dynamic changes, as a consumer, there are a bunch of groups that I've watched videos for online and they have changed and Mm -hmm. it's hard to 
accept that kind of change because you you fall in love with these people. You know, you go, oh man, that mm-hmm. person is so funny, or I understand that person, and and yeah, that's something that is is definitely going to be difficult if when Liam's out of the picture or something. You know, people are going to miss his yo, and <laughs> as will we. But at the same time, you know, you you have to grow and move on. You can't always yeah. be doing the same thing. And as much as I absolutely love doing this podcast, you know, it, it probably won't be the four of us right now doing it for yeah. the next 10 years. There's going to have to be some sort of dynamic change, but mm-hmm. we can all be a part of it and set the mood at least. We'll convince Aaron to join us on occasion. Yeah, that'll never <laughs> Tommy will get married and his wife will be on on occasions. Ten years from now, his kids will be on driving us crazy. I guess, like, I guess the only one who uh, here who remotely even wants kids. I'm like, I, de, de, uh, yeah, like ten years from now. Maybe I, he has one and doesn't have no. one. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah, but do you want that one? I mean, yo, brought to you by Missy. Like, it's <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, I mean, ho- my hope is that for the show, as we're creating this artistic community, we're getting other artists that we've found within this community to be able to be on with us. Because I think that yeah. that would just be so wonderful to kind of work with them sort of from the beginning and just kind of have different people that we can feature because I think Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I don't think we feel like we are high and mighty or above anybody else. Um, And uh, Michael, I mean, shut your face. (laughs) Mike, you're not trying to start a cult and he is using this as a side venue of getting more people in. Also, I am stoned and strong. So I am high and mighty. Oh, no. You're not a dad. That was no bueno. Dad. Stop no bueno. was telling no. me that I am the most dad, not dad, like ever. Oh. I am totally. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. I got dad bod. I've got dad jokes. And I've got oh dad sensibilities. <laughs> I drive Liam absolutely what? insane with my, like, dad joke style of humor. And I try to find just the worst, lamest awful way to bring humor about just to drive him nuts so i feel like i'm doing a really good job yeah no i mean anytime i've been over you do an amazing job at it yeah thank you yeah i absolutely will give you that that means a lot to me (laughs) i think one of the benefits of being able to host other artists and stuff like that is that we already do this remote Mm mm-hmm this is the way we record this podcast is all remote. Obviously, we're not in the same room mm-hmm. and that's Even in a, the same time zones. Yeah, I, I think it's actually pretty difficult to start off doing remote work, especially when we are across the country, like Tommy and I composing. It's not mm-hmm. an easy task to send files back and forth and try and figure out, you know, even when we stream stuff to each other on Twitch, it's a delay a lot of times of 10 seconds for our streaming. And that might not seem a bunch, but when you when you want to say, oh, wait, no, 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 go back to measure 53 and I want you to play this really quick. And then you have to wait 10 seconds for Doom. <laughs> it, it's like yeah. slow productivity down. But once you get that rhythm down, I personally really like the idea of remote work because when we get to work with other artists, we can already be like, hey, guess what? We've got this figured out. Here's how it's going to go. And maybe they're going to be like, you guys are idiots. That's way too complex. Here's an even simpler way. And we'll be like, yes, you're one of us now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marry us. Take our name. Marry. Yeah, that is that is gonna be part of your contract. Yeah. We uh we slap uh, our yeah. last name on your name. So 
It has to be somewhere in there. I don't care if it's the yeah. first, second, third, fourth, or fifth la- or name. Just Gilgan has to be in there. Thank yeah. you very much. So if they quit, are they allowed to change their name back? Yeah, they don't get to take our name with them. Yeah. Those are our okay. name. Yeah. Yeah. Just making sure, just making sure. I mean, unless it's in get, their contract. If we get alimony, <laughs> you divorce the company, you divorce the name. <laughs> <laughs> to go to go back real quick with the whole high and mighty thing, I don't think that we any of us feel like we are that high and mighty. And I think it would be really awesome to be able to work with the community and to join with their creativity with ours. And so I think that would be really awesome to in the future, remotely or not remotely or wherever, have those guests be able to come on as guests or have those artists come on as guests who are part of our community. That's what I was trying to say. I just wanted to finish that. We went on a few rambles. (laughs) Yeah. And I would love to, as we, you know, bring these artists into the fold, love to be able to have the opportunity introducing them on the podcast like people can hear their voice instead of just seeing a name on whatever it is that they are doing with us you know yeah it makes it more real for the audience that hey this person is one of us well tommy's also been looking at artists specifically to draw some things so that we can post videos on youtube with changing pictures and you know actual visuals for something like the cursing tree or any of our orchestrated narratives and it it would be really great if we could find an artist that we want to work with and we've found a couple that tommy's pretty interested in and that they Mm. you know do have some some great works but if we if we found one we're just like yes we're gonna keep hiring you to make art and then be able to bring them on and talk about it yeah Yeah, it'd be awesome yeah i think one of my things is taking something that innately sounds bad and then trying to put a positive spin on it because I really love doing that. So the idea of someone is always going to be better than you. I feel like innately just sounds bad. It's like, oh, man, that puts me down for me. It's like it's almost like humbling. It's like, oh, OK, cool. Someone's always going to be better than me. So I don't have to get high and mighty. But at the same time, it's it's a way to better myself. It's like, okay, yeah, well, of course, I want to climb the rank in betterment or my talent or my skills. Like, <laughs> I am I can consistently do better knowing that I'll, I, there's only one person who's the best in that field, and I'm definitely not it. Yeah, I, I want to always be surrounded with people who are way more talented with, than me. Yeah. I think that is that is the best way that you can grow as a person in general. As an artist, as a any kind of creator, if you're not trying to figure out people who are better than you at something and humbling yourself and going, let me learn from you. Let me get your passion and absorb it and figure out something because you'll get to some point in life and you will be better than other people. And then you can become a mentor to them. And it's a very like important passing off relationship. But I don't think any mentor is also not a mentee at some point or, you know, continuously if they're a good mentor. It's interesting. At what point do you feel like you can call yourself a mentor? When you can share your knowledge with somebody else who does not have that or you can share experiences and help somebody. I think that's when you're a mentor and you may not be a permanent mentor in that person's life. But if you are helping somebody on an individual level and they are accepting that help, then I believe that you are a mentor. And, you know, and I'm sure there's a a much more specific definition. But for me, it's more about helping somebody who doesn't 
have the same knowledge or skill set as you and trying to bring them up to that level that you're at while also seeking out people who you can then grow and learn from. I think it's also when somebody looks up to you for guidance or as an example, it's not always you seeking other people out. A lot of times it's other people who have sought you out and de facto made you their mentor. Mm -hmm. And then you can lead them astray. (laughs) Yeah, at what point can you monetize that mentorship? So Um, Immediately. That is the first thing you should do. (laughs) Sell sessions. Notice you've been hanging around me a lot. It's going to be five ninety nine a session. <laughs> That's for the intro sessions. That's a. We're just going to exchange names during that part, and then uh, another upfront payment, please. Now, Mike, you had said earlier that you'd really only composed with Tommy. Is that true for you as well, Tommy? That you really only composed with Mike? I have composed with four or five other people because <gasps> I actually. Slut. I have had <laughs> I have had a lot of experience composing with other very amateur composers because I took a class for it specifically. It was electronic music and the idea the entire idea of that class was trying to work together. You were always being put with a group and every after every project that group would change and you'd work with another set of people. So it was always trying to find the best ways to combine everyone's skill sets to make the best product that you could. Now, obviously, we were all in high school. And like, even though it was junior and senior year, they weren't great products. But I think we all learned tremendously because of it. So instilling that in me when I was young, the idea of being like, all right, let's work together. Let's try to find each other's best strengths and then use them for this project has, has always been great, which is why I'm always like, if someone has an idea, and they're passionate about an idea because of, I don't know, a piece of work that I've made that isn't finished. Take that idea and run with it. Like, I'm I'm so for bettering anything. If someone thinks they can better one of my ideas, absolutely go for it. Because I, I feel like that's more important to me than hanging on to a piece of it, you know? But yeah, I've, I've composed with a lot of different smaller amateur composers. I've also... It was a, it was a really fun one. It was... I was a senior at the time, and he was a freshman but he was an excellent guitarist i mean he was well beyond my levels of guitar playing so i i did piano playing and he did a guitar and then we composed a song with that and then we presented it in front of i think it was like 200 300 people and it was it was scary definitely at the time but it was really cool it's like we made this own our own song our own composition and then we got to perform it live in front of a bunch of people it was a super special experience but yeah Composing with other people is a lot of fun. Have you noticed a difference between composing or just working with other people compared to working with us? I think... And that goes for everybody. Well, I think it's all... It's it's like clicking, at least for me. There's not a lot of people that I instantaneously click with. And since I already click with you guys, I know your quirks, your ins and outs. Mike and I are very, very similar in a lot of ways. So... Composing with him comes very naturally, which is is obviously a, a blessing, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I don't think a lot of people have that. But it sometimes it's hard to compose with other people, especially people you've like just met. You don't know them. You don't know your their strengths. So sometimes you can have like really 
bashing ideas like or clashing ideas <laughs> why is bashing uh, you have like clashing ideas it's just like oh you clearly want one thing i clearly want another and there's no way we can solve this but i don't know composing with with mike feels very very natural it's like okay you clearly know what to do here so i'm gonna trust you completely on this and then vice versa i'm like i know what to do here trust me on that yeah, I think the more that we do it, the less we get offended when somebody changes our ideas. Of course, there's always going to be that moment of hesitation like, oh, I really, really like that part and I can't believe you changed it. But when you get more comfortable with that like partnership idea, you just go, mm-hmm. you know what? It's probably for the better. I shouldn't hold on to those things. Every once in a while, you'd be like, oh, no, I'm holding on to that. And sometimes you do have to fight for those, but you learn to pick and choose your battles about what, you know, what things you stick to or don't. And I think even a better example is when we are composing together and I'll go in and change a bunch of things that Tommy did and be like, oh, I did this here. I did that there, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, they'll be like, but do whatever you want. If you don't like those changes, don't accept them. And there's a lot of them that he doesn't accept. And that's fine because my idea is not better than his. It is just a different idea. And as a creator, he needs to sort through those different obstacles and go, okay, which one is actually going to benefit the piece or which one is going to benefit my ego? So the more you can kind of give up in a composing two-o ship, then the the better it will be. (laughs) Tommy's face on that was just like, (laughs) no, stop, please. I hate you. (laughs) Hit me with a two ship again. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the uh the but yeah, that's that's that was a really good way of describing it. It's just like a conglom a, a conglomeration of ideas that you're just like, okay, no, shave a little bit off that, shave a little bit off of that, combine the two, boom, you've made a really good product. So yeah, it's definitely I think I know it's moving into something a little different, but I think communication was really like that's something we all had to work on tremendously, is communicating with each other. If you can just talk to someone and be okay with the idea of constructive criticism. That's always super important. If you go in, how do I put this without being a dingus? If you go in not looking for constructive criticism and just looking for someone to like your product and then someone criticizes your product, you're obviously not going to take any of the information they have unbiased. It's going to be very like, well, why do you give me that? I wanted you just to compliment me or whatever. And I think it was always good knowing how to give constructive criticism and then how to receive it. And I think that's something we all definitely worked on and we've all gotten better on because of the cursing tree. There, there was something uh, very specific that on our subreddit, if you've ever been there, that I posted. And it's kind of like a general rule, I believe, for criticism. And the idea is that it should meet three criteria. Your, your criticism or your reviews should be specific, useful, and gentle as possible. And the the main things there is specific gets to the point. If somebody shows you a piece of art and you're like, I just don't like it, that doesn't help the artist that is trying to figure out how to improve. They're just going like, okay, well, what didn't you like about it? You need to figure out something specific to criticize or to compliment and be like, I really didn't like the color of that painting because I don't like yellow or there's too much yellow on this painting, whatever it is. You know, that's the specific. The useful should be like, I don't like yellow. That's also not It's very specific, but it's not useful. I don't like yellow. Perhaps you could contrast that with a little bit more orange would be like better suited to my taste. That can be a little bit more useful in terms of, of reviewing. You obviously don't have to take that advice or not. But then also the gentle as possible. It You don't want to hurt somebody's feelings doing it. 
but you want to give an honest review, you don't want to just say that sucked. Because if you say that, it's what are you doing to contribute to your idea of why you didn't or didn't like it? So I think for for those are the kind of the three rules that I want to go for. And obviously it's individual, but those are the three rules that I really want to focus on when I'm trying to give critique to somebody is always go back to something specific, useful and gentle. Those are three pretty great rules, actually. (laughs) So, Amy, when you starting writing, because you've written some things, but you're trying to work on a piece right now. You had a writer's room with Missy for that, right? And you tried to like flush out the ideas. Did you find it to be a little bit more useful to do a writer's room and flush out those ideas to get you encouraged to write more? Or do you think that you could have just started writing? Like, what was what was your approach to that writer's room and how did you feel about it? I mean, my approach to it was basically going to Missy and being like, here's my idea. What are your thoughts? And then us (laughs) like writing back, like going back and forth and writing them down and figuring out like, because, you know, I had talked to you, Mike, because you had asked me like, when you're writing this, you need to think about these things. And so I, you know, when I went to Missy, I was like, okay, we need to think about these things. And she's like, okay, well, how can we get this to here? And I actually found it so much more helpful and more encouraging to actually be with someone to bounce ideas off of or to bounce word like verbiage or word usage or whatever, which I guess is the same thing, whatever, <laughs> because it helped me understand and it helped feed my creativity more. I actually prefer working with people rather than just doing things solo. Of course, I love doing like the the fun surprise things. Like with our creative prompts, I really enjoy kind of being able to surprise you guys sometimes, but it is nice to work with some of you on different projects. But in general, when I'm writing, I like to write with somebody. I like to create art with somebody because I think for me, I know that I have creative talent, but my creative talent has always been better when it's with somebody else. And I mean, there's been so many times where I've made a painting or I've made a cross stitch. I'm like, I don't know, this needs something, this needs something. And I'll be like, Missy, look at it. And she'll be like, put blue right there. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I put blue right there. I'm like, holy crap, that tied the whole thing together. Like, how does she do that? And uh, same thing with with a mom you know i'd go to her all growing up be like mom i don't understand she's like just you you put too much black you put some more white right there okay yeah that's fine especially with writing amy and i have collaborated on story ideas since we were kids oh yeah and i feel like it's always encouraged us to develop the stories we we've always done a better job at developing stories developing songs developing art just anything creative when we work together like even if it's just for that initial boost and then we may go our separate ways and and dive into it then we come back together and say okay here's what i did but amy and i have been collaborating since we were little children so missy do you feel that when you go to the writer's room or or you try to collaborate do you already come with something like written or some basic form of it. And the, the reason why I ask you this is because the way that I usually write is that I want to write almost an entire thing unless I get writer's block and then bring it to a group and go, how can we make this better? But it sounds like you kind of start in the formulation phase. Uh, I, I'm twofold, right? So if I have an idea and I know that there's something really interesting there, but I'm not sure how to flesh it out. That's when I'm like, all right, gather around people. We have work to do. 
and then we talk about stuff we we pull all those different ideas and make it into something a little more tangible but when i have a a great idea and i've already got the details going then i will run with it myself and then present that product to people for polishing so it, it just depends on on the individual project mm. but i will say every time amy and i talk about story ideas it usually is because one or both of us has a unique idea that's just like just starting to form together and we're bouncing back and forth off of each other and every time it always leads to other prompts other ideas that you know we pocket in the back of our mind like i'm gonna take that later because there's something else there so <laughs> i think we've always been really good at kind of encouraging each other's creativity because a lot of times especially with Liam being so young we'd go to the store and we'd just like hang out at the store outside in the parking lot for like three hours <laughs> or we'd go for yeah. like late night walks or whatever it would be and we would we'd go to the coffee shop and oh it's yeah 1 a.m and we're singing songs and outside yeah. and all the businesses are closed and you see security slowly drive by looking at us like we're insane we're not hurting anybody we're just having fun yeah <laughs> but I, I think we had a lot of good sessions or oh could you imagine if they did this or this or what if we had a story if there was this oh we could do that like mm -hmm. we we i think we've always been really good at like you were saying bouncing those ideas off of each other which is why You've made me dependent as a <laughs> creative person, <laughs> bouncing my ideas off of somebody. Thanks a lot, Missy. Not but kidding. it's so much fun. But I will say stuff like songwriting, I can write a song and I can have any idea of like the melody for it, but I don't have the talent that Tommy and Mike has because like I, I can't compose music or I maybe I haven't tried or I, I don't I just don't think I'd be good at it. It's very intensely scary for me. Filling so, in like all the layers and depth you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like here's my baseline note. I did it right. And they're like, you idiot. That's just here's the, beginning. the melody. The other <laughs> 70 lines are on you. Guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's nice to be able to collaborate in that way, too, in a sense of like, it's not just bouncing ideas off of each other with a story, but it's saying like, here's this thing I cannot do and you can. Please help me. Please help this idea that I have create it into something more and something better. Well, we each have our areas of expertise and a lot of projects that we do are not enough for our area to have an open and shut, you know, finished product from end to end. So it kind of works that we all have overlapping areas of interest and, and specialty mm -hmm. that we can go to each other to form a bigger, better polished product. Tommy, what's the name of that guy that does those weird jazz videos that you linked? Oh, Bill Wirtz. <laughs> Bill Wirtz. Somebody like that scares me. I feel that if they're that talented to create song lyrics, make a video, edit it, and post it all by themselves, that is just too much power for one person. <laughs> they they have to be doing something totally diabolical in the background in order to balance out all that like massive talent. You can't okay, be an octagonal threat. No. What if they've pulled... All, poured all of their life force into completing creative projects and everything else around them is on fire well then i don't want to be around them because i don't want to get caught in that fire 
And if if there is no fire around them, that means they are stealing life force from something else. Oh, it's, it's an invisible fire. Yeah. Oh, no, Bill. So fire. Bill Wirtz simply manages to. I, I think one of one of jazz, especially modern jazz's favorite things to do is to switch keys. Oh, now we're in a totally different key. Like that is a jazz staple right there is switching keys or getting funky chords. Bill Wirtz is wonderful at storytelling within key switches. It's very odd. So when he wants to emphasize a certain phrase or word to make you feel a particular way, he'll literally key switch to a completely different but actually related chord so that he emphasizes a specific phrase or words and you feel weird about it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm paying attention to this now. And then he flips right back and he does it so seemingly, seeming seamlessly. He's a genius. And then on top of that, like you were saying, Mike, he edits and he works in, I think he works in Blender, some type of 3D software. And he's making all these weird assets by himself, drawing it out. And then he does video editing. And you're like, you need to stop. You need to stop doing all of this right now. For those who might not know, Bill Wirtz is the guy that did the history of the world, I guess, video. Yeah. Just for a little more context. Yeah. He does a lot of very, very good music. I th- I don't think it's to everyone's taste because specifically the lyrics are absolutely nonsensical. But from a composing standpoint, he is he's something I aspire to be. <laughs> I, I just want to point out right now that Tommy, while he was sitting in his chair, was kind of like twirling his pen with his fingers and stuff like that. And with the lighting in the background, the guitars, all I can imagine is he is some producer in a record studio in the 70s and he has these stained glasses that are gigantic and he's twirling a cigar and he's telling everybody about music and how it's great and it's just you have that image kind of set it was great i liked it (laughs) Uh, i need those glasses you do and they need to be like yellow tinted and you got to wear them all the time oh yeah Oh, yeah. And they have to be they have to be kind of like bicycle glasses, but like just a little bit way too bigger, like a mix between aviators (laughs) and bicycle glasses. The thing is, my head is already massive. I mean, it is huge. There's a lot of skull protecting my last brain cell who's just playing pong with itself. It's a pain in the ass. (laughs) But if I had those glasses on anyone else, they would look freaking gigantic. I want those glasses. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. We really appreciate you taking your time to listen to all of our shenanigans. We would love to hear from you. Have you worked with your family before when it comes to creative stuff? Or do you work by yourself? Or do you work with other friends? Let us know. Do you want to work with us? Let us know. You can reach us. We are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. We are 1L2N Productions. And if you like what we're doing and you want to help show your support, that would be much appreciated. If you could head on over to our Patreon to support us, that'd be wonderful. And the last word of the day goes to Tommy. Take it away. All right. So I just want to say during this entire podcast, we've been talking about, you know, oh, building a community, of course. But then we were talking about being high and mighty. And I find this interesting because then we we moved on to talking about mentoring people and leading them astray. Honestly, it sounds like we're in an album called Easily Cultifiable. 